The Panthers have won the toss and they'll get the ball first. Carolina winning their last three games of the regular season and then defeating the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams ran off some impressive streaks this year. The Rams had two solid streaks of four wins in a row after they fell to one and two and then won seven in a row before their loss to Detroit. That's Jeff Wilkins and he'll be kicking off led the NFC in touchbacks and deep for the Panthers will be Rod Smart who has returned a kickoff 100 yards for a touchdown this year. So the fans are primed and hope you are too as we get set for this Fox Divisional Playoff. Hello and welcome to episode number 39 of Let's Remember Some Sports Podcast. That's right, kids, we're back. I'm your host, Lucas Moncari and Brandon Manitoba. Joined for the first time in over a year, well, almost a year, as palatial estates in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, it is Michael Alexson. Hello, good sir. How are you on this Labor Day, Labor Day weekend? I am sitting with my cat, watching a race, and recording a podcast. Living the dream. <laughs> I should yes. note, we are recording this during the uh, Sunday of the Labor Day, uh, as it's being posted, whenever you're listening to it. So we're watching Andy Portland IndyCar race, and then we'll probably be turning to the Riders game in a bit. So if Alexa starts yelling about Joe's 747 Adams, there is some context this time. Well, yes. I'm... I might start yelling about uh, Bobby Jurison for some reason. Who's to say? <laughs> Blessed. So, uh, in this episode of the program, this is one Alex and I have been looking to do for about a year and a half now. We were looking at the game that took place in 2004, technically the 2003 NFL season, but the event took place in 2004, the NFC Divisional Playoff game between the Carolina Panthers and the St. Louis Rams. Now, I believe, Alex, the genesis of this was about last summer, we were trying. We were just watching NFL Network, and the random old games was on, and this game came on. I think we both went, "Hey, that's Dick Stockton." Hey, yes, and it's Stock, and it's a new combo for Stockton too that that I remembered existed, but I hadn't seen in a while. Yes, and is this the is the, uh, the yin and yang compared to our previous Dick Stockton game? The legendary, I'm using quotes here, Giants or Eagles and Jets game from 1996. This time around, spoilers, Dick actually gets a good game. And he is enjoying himself immensely. Mm-hmm. So, quickly go over the two teams in action here. We'll start with the visitors, the Carolina Panthers. Head coach John Fox in his second season with the, pro- the program. The program. The program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did they move to university? <laughs> Welcome to College Football Saturday. Last, yes. in 2002, they finished 7-9, fourth in the NFC South. This season, 11-5 to finish first in the division, their second trip to their playoffs, and their first since 1996. They won the old NFC West in, 90, in the 96 season, beat the Cowboys in the divisional round, and then lost in the NFC Championship game that year to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Steven Davis in this season set a franchise record for rushing yards, 1,044 and 8 touchdowns on 318 carries. Last week in a wildcard game, they beat the Dallas Cowboys, a 29-10 win at home. Jake DeLome, 18-29 of with 273 yards and a touchdown. Stephen Davis, 26 carries, 104 yards and a touchdown. Steve Smith, 5 catches for 135 yards and a touchdown. And Musa Muhammad, 4 catches for 103 yards. Now, you want some guy remembering. Yes. Dallas's quarterback was Quincy Carter, 21-36 for 154 yards and a pick. He also had a rushing touchdown, 25 yards and 4 carries. Their top rusher was Troy Hambrick, 8 carries for 29 yards. 
Their top receivers, Joey Galloway, four catches, 59 yards, and the most receptions of eight, Richie Anderson for 20 yards. <laughs> Richie Anderson, a future New York Jets tight ends coach. Um, uh, two questions here. One, how did this team make the playoffs? Two, why did they make the playoffs? It is a strange time because <laughs> it's... Hmm. <laughs> it's like pre-Bledsoe coming in, too. So it was... Was Tuna coaching that year? I... Oh... Uh, I was thinking it was Dave Campo, but that's earlier. Is... Uh, this is Parcell's first season. Oh. So, he got rid of Quincy Card. This makes a lot more sense that they made the playoffs, by the way, that he was coaching. Yes. Campo was the year prior, so you weren't that far yeah. off. As for the St. Louis Rams, Mike Marks, fourth season as head coach, last year in 2002, they went 0-5 to start the season, but ended up going 7-9, finishing second in the NFC West. Mark Balger taking over starting duties from Kurt Warner late that season. Um, they did lose some of the key pieces from around that era, like Dre Bly and Ricky Prohl had moved on. They added Kyle Turley, though, in the offseason. Let's remember a guy right there, Alexan. Let's remember a San Diego State guy. Ooh, let's remember a helmet-tossing guy. Who is now a musician? That's right. Uh, in 2003, Warner started the opener, but I have written down here, Payne. The Bulger takes over. They go 12-4, and four, finish first in the NFC West. Their third title in the last five years, winning in 99 when they won a Super Bowl, and 2001 when they lost in the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. They lost their final game of the season to the Detroit Lions. Otherwise, they would have had the top seed in the NFC. Coming into this game, also they have a 14-game home win streak in St. Louis at the TWA, Edward Jones, America Center, whatever they're calling that building at that point. I forget which one it is. I think it's Edward Jones. I was going to say, Edward Jones sounds right. Does that even use for anything now? Like, they, I know they use it for a big dirt track midget and late model race in December, but... That's about it. That's the only time <laughs> I ever see it in use. Oh, man. So this is a one of four NFL games for a divisional weekend. Also on this day, the New England Patriots with a 17-14 win in the evening game over the Tennessee Titans. The following day, Indianapolis beats Kansas City 38-31. And the Eagles win in overtime 2017 over Green Bay. The Packers, coming off of the we want the ball and we're going to score Matt Hasselbeck game the week prior, this is the 4th and 26 Freddie Mitchell catch game. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I haven't thought about Fred X in a while. No. The main event, and why Lex is very excited about this game, it is another Dick Stockton broadcast. This time around, Stockton is joined by Daryl Johnson in the broadcast booth and the late, great Tony Saragusa on the sidelines. Goose is excited. And Goose, uh, in the version I watched in my most recent rewatch, they didn't use much of the Goose clips. Pain. So you got you got a lot of Stockton though. So it balanced off. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a couple there's a couple different versions floating around of this. Yeah, the main version YouTube. that the clips are from is from the one of the NFL posts. But yeah, I figure as you said, a couple different versions floating around. So. Um, Alexan is our Dick Stockton connoisseur of <laughs> sorts. Uh, we've done a couple of different Stockton games now, and you've, since we recorded that last one, you and I have come across many different Dick Stockton broadcast teams along the way. Millen obviously comes to mind. We have this group, Stockton and Brady Quinn, Stockton Fout, Stockton and Hank Stram. The list goes on and on. Stock- oh, yes. Uh, what's... Just a second. So, You're forgetting... You, uh, I have to dig back. Yes, Alexan in his notes has come up with a Stockton power rankings, which he has refused to inform me about uh, who, he, who his favorite is, so I'm curious. 
yes, just a second. Well, obviously, number one is Stockton Millen. I don't know, they just have a thing. And then it's Stockton Henry at two. But it's like 1A because I enjoy the Stockton Henry broadcast. It seems like Stockton and Stram have a similar vibe to Millen and uh, St- Millen and Stram. My goodness, a similar vibe to Millen and Stockton, but it's different at the same time. Mm. Stockton Fouts is good, but I would rank number three Stockton and Jim Hill. Mmm. Which is a definitely an eighty CBS joint, I believe. Yes, it is. Well, how do you feel about this combination? Because this is basically uh, after Millen had left and they're moving stuff around in the booth. Yeah. Well, Millen had left and Madden and Summerall had left too, so they're kind of in a transitional phase a little bit. And, it, and it, I think it was the two. It was the two booths behind Aikman and Buck. And I think wasn't Collinsworth with them at at that point too for yes, a bit. Yes, I, I believe so. Because there's a gravity comes up in one broadcast. It's like Collinsworth and how Gibbs is the right man for the Redskins. I'm hoping that Collinsworth calling went, here's a guy. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, flipping through my photos of Dick Stockton booths. <laughs> as, as one does. As one does. I come across the drill tweet and another thing I'm not mad. Please don't put it in the newspaper <laughs> that I'm mad. Uh, Alexa, when he, when he finds out Stockton is not broadcasting games anymore. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, Stockton Fouts, I watched a little bit of a game. That was okay. Like, there's enough Dick Stockton games floating around that you can watch the full panacea of Dick Stockton booths. But... And they're starting to post some of the Stockton MLB uh, games he's done for CBS, so... I, I don't think Stockton ever did a game with Walton, though. That would be... Wow, that no, would, no, no, different networks. I was thinking it was Dick Stockton and Tommy Heinsohn on CBS was a good basketball booth. Plus, at that point, Walton hasn't gone full Bill yet. He's, quote, no. normal announcer Bill Walton. Yes. We're not breaking kayfabe unlike Roxy on his podcast two weeks ago. Yes, exactly. Anyway, so, uh, go ahead. Uh, no, just a second. There's Stockton Fouts, Brookshire Walker. <laughs> Stockton and Brookshire was not a broadcasting, unfortunately. No. Uh, while while you continue to look through the Stockton archives, can I ramble a bit in some pregame stuff? Yes, of course. All right, so getting into this game, first quarter, the Rams scored 123 points, the most in the NFL that season. The Panthers allowed only 41 points, the fewest in the league. So we get yes, right. They note that in the broadcast. Too. Yes. Uh, it's Jake DeLome's 29th birthday. Robert Thomas is back for St. Louis. No, not that Robert Thomas. He'd be like five at the time, I think. The future yes. St. Louis blew forward. The, oh, go ahead. The other Robert Thomas. Yes. But most importantly, returning to kickoff for the Carolina Panthers, Rod Smart, a.k.a. He Hate Me. That is the most important note in the opening <laughs> of the broadcast. Uh, game gets underway here. Carolina's first drive. At their 29-yard line earlier in the first quarter, Jake Lome tries for former Ram Ricky Pohl the first play at the 50-yard line, but he can't haul it in on a third and seven to Lome, five C. Smith for a first. Then there's an end around to Smith, who tries to throw it to Rushin Muhammad, but Muhammad can't hold on to it in coverage. Stockton. We're seeing some flea flickers here early on. Dick, that's not a flea flicker. <laughs> oh, Dick. <laughs> Dick is amazed. It'd be amazing if Dick did this game like the week after 
<laughs> seeing the Eagles and the Jets. He's like, oh my god, competent play calling. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's another one. Dick Stockton, Randy Cross. Ooh, I'd forgotten about that one. I don't think it would or make your top five. No. So, as that's, so that goes on, uh, the, the drive itself ends with some pressure on the loam over the head of Moose and Muhammad. Alexan is excited because Todd Sauerbrunn is in for punting. Yes, and Looker returning. Yes, Dane Looker. Let's remember some guys. The one thing I liked about that, the, the hang time graphic appeared, which I'm pretty sure we don't see anymore on NFL broadcasts. No. So, I don't think. St. Louis gets the ball on their 17 with 12-11 left. Bulger, 18-4 record as a starter. His first career playoff start. Torrey Holt led the NFL in catch of 117. Isaac Bruce is back in the lineup. Dan Morgan had 12 tackles lead the lead last week. Stockton goes, a man of an injury plague career. Future assistant general manager of the Denver Broncos, I think. He was a U guy? Yes, Morgan was a U guy. He was, the, he was the middle linebacker before Jonathan Vilma. Uh, assistant general manager for the Panthers, by the way. Florida Panthers, wow. <laughs> Carolina. Previously director of player personnel with the Bills. Yes, and before that he was with Denver, I think. Seattle as well for a bit of time. Yeah. He's been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Anyway, um, so... They're working their way down the field. Stockton goes at one point. There is Ricky Manning Jr. who wants to be called Ricky Manning. So you wouldn't say there is Ricky Manning Jr., Dick, if you want to. That'd be like saying, there is Prince who wants to be called the artist formerly known as Prince. These junior Ricky Manning Juniors. <laughs> so they're driving down on the field. Marshall Falk is up the middle for a first down on second and five. Bulger finds Alexon's boy, Dane Looker, at the 39. Bulger finds Bruce on a slant to get to a 21. Um, Joey Goodspeed gets to about the 7 on a pass from Bulger and gets wrecked by Mike Minter as he's going out of bounds. I'm pretty sure if that had happened today, Minter would be tossed from the game. Yes. Uh, Minter, just a second. <laughs> Mike Minter never did a broadcast of Dick Stockton. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's my, it's my other gift. Mike Minter is currently the head coach of the Campbell Fighting Camels. Wow! <laughs> we will not be covering the Campbell Fighting Camels on this edition of the podcast, unfortunately. Damn it. Two rushing plays by Falk, a third and goal to Ford. Bulger tries a QB keep, but it's snuffed out right away. Uh, Jeff Wilkins kicks a 20-yard field goal to make it 3 nothing. What I love about this one, the NFL feed, in the, when the NFL posted, there's a lot of smash cuts. So, yeah. no commercials. So, field goal happens. Smash cut to the Budweiser Clydesdales. Oh, such good stuff. 11 play drive, 80 yards in 6 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, we like, also... the, like the nicest drive so far in the game, too. I was going to say, it's a, nice, it's a nicer drive than anything we saw in the Stockton previous game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially in the early part of that game, too. He was like, wow, con- <laughs> actual Somebody good... Somebody made a catch. Congratulations. Oh, who was it? Con- congratulations. Dane Lucker. Oh. Oh. Dan- not Dane Lucker. Oh, who was it? I forgot. Are we talking about the Jets and uh, yeah. Irving Fryer? Oh. Yes, it was Irving Fryer. I was thinking, <laughs> who is the number one draft pick because Steve Young went 
to the USFL. Oh, right. It was Irving Fryer. Yes. I'm like, in this, I'm like, Irving Fryer wasn't in this game. What, what a game, what broadcast were you watching? <laughs> anyway, uh, we, I, getting ready for the next drive here, we get the quote stat of doom. The Rams are 5-0 and when scoring on their first offensive possession, and the Panthers are 0-2 when the opponent scores on the first possession. Hmm. Curse. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, Carolina's second drive starts their 28 with 5.27 left. Uh, there's a false start pan- for the Panthers from Jermaine Wiggins, but Davis makes up for that with a 13-yard gain on the first run attempt. Uh, we get a Lovey Smith cameo on the sidelines, assistant head coach at the time. No beer. Yes. Uh, there's a pitch to Sean Foster, a third and three to get the first down. Second and eight, a quick pass by Delona Smith for a first down pass by field for a gain of 14. A couple plays happen, and then we get this third and eight situation. Third down and eight, and the noise level has just risen appreciably. On the 43, and here comes the blitz and the pass, and it is intercepted. Tommy Polly. After juggling down the sideline and finally tackled from behind, Tommy Polly, who intercepted four passes in the regular season, returns this one 35 yards. A critical turnover early here. This is the one thing that John Fox could not have happen during the game. He cannot give a short field to the St. Louis Rams. They played a near flawless game last week. They have struggled a little bit this week. Tommy Polly, an athletic catch. You see the concentration. Then he's got the hustle by his other guys to get downfield in front of him to pick up some blocks. To his credit, Boosie made sure he made the catch before he started to run with it. And uh, so here's a team didn't turn it over. No penalties last week. And they've already cost them in this first quarter. Delome's a little bit of pressure as he throws. He tries to get it to Steve Swift, and Tommy Pauly is there. He bobbles it before hauling the ball in at the front of the Rams 42. He takes it down to silent before getting wrecked by the Sean Foster, who goes out of bounds and works his way back in to knock down the Rams defender. 35-yard interception return for the Rams, who led the NFL in takeaways in the regular season with 46. Uh-huh. And Tommy Pauly, Florida State legend. Should he be coaching Florida State for tonight's game against LSU? Many are asking. <laughs> so St. Louis' second drive starts at the 25-yard line of the Carolina with 41 seconds left. Not much happens on the drive before we go, before we go to commercial, I should say, uh, to end the half or to uh, end the quarter. Very quick game, Alexis, apparently. Wow, I thought that the first half was quick, but not that quick. Uh, Falk gains three yards in the play. Stockton, before the drive starts, the intelligent crowd quiets down for the offense. <laughs> The, the crowd's mood will change as this game goes on. Yes, considerably. Yeah, so 3 nothing for the Rams after the first quarter. Not much, but again, as we said, it's a, it's, a, it's a contrast from the previous Stockton game where there's actual competent teams playing and that kind of thing. Yeah, and, like, I forgot how good that Carolina running duo of Stephen Davis and Deshaun Foster was mm-hmm. until I watched the game again the first time, not... <laughs> The five times in between. I was going to say, because you and I have been trying to do this for like the last few months. I think I'm on four viewings of this and you're on like 12. Well, maybe yeah. not 12, but it feels... Uh, eight. No. <laughs> I think at least like in the background of Capital, but us actually in depth, like two or three at least for both of us. Yeah. Anyway, well. speaking of guys, first play of the second quarter, a wide out screen to I have in all caps, Mike Furry. <laughs> yes. Future Lions wide receivers coach. Breaks a tackle for a first down. Furry played for the Lions, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
That makes a lot more sense. So after he breaks tackle for a first down, Bulger tries to fade into the end zone. It goes through the hands of Isaac Bruce. He then tries for Bruce again on a third and five play. Kind of a slant route near the end zone, but it goes by him. Wilkins kicks a 39-yard field goal, or 39 field goals, you should say. Tied the NFL record for regular season. A 26-yarder is made, and it's a 6-0 lead for the Rams. Six plays, 17 yards, and 215. And again, this is the uh, Rams' offensive doom, and Carolina's basically holding them. Yeah, because this is—it's not greatest show on turf, greatest show on turf, but it's still in, in that era. Yeah, it's basically the uh, most of the pieces are there, except Warner is Mark Bulger. <laughs> yes, Warner is Whitey Bulger. All of a sudden. <laughs> Um, Smart makes a nice turn for the 4 to the 32. Carolina's drive. First play on this drive here. We're going to play for you now. 13-18 left in the quarter. Panthers 32-yard line. Right now the Panthers are looking for any kind of a score as they start from the 32 and hand off to Stephen Davis, who first won. And Davis in a foot race. And one man has a chance at him and knocks him out of bounds at about the 12-yard line. And that's Aeneas Williams. So a 63-yard burst. By Stephen Davis, and the Panthers are back in business. One of the things that the Carolina offense does, they punch holes in the defense, and they don't need a lot of room. Stephen Davis hits that thing downhill. Jason Seahorn, a very poor angle coming up from the safety position, allows him outside on the uh, on the sideline. You can't do that. If you're going to miss, you've got to miss and force him back to the middle of the field. And he got to the four-yard line, so that'll be a 64-yard run by Stephen Davis and first and goal as Stephen Davis then limped off the field and Deshaun Foster is in his stead. Davis sprints through a hole and is down the far sideline. He kind of slows up at the end as he gets hit by Neus Williams out of bounds. He's in pain, brother. He's left of a left quad injury. He's out for the game. There's a replay. I can't remember if it's on this clip or not, but he just chucks his helmet. He is disgusted. Yeah. Uh, but he got him to the four-yard line, though some of that is negated away on a false start by Wiggins again a few minutes after. Jermaine Wiggins, known for false starts. <laughs> it's not good when you lose him, but you still have Foster, so it's not as bad as it could have been, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. And it was just... With Foster and Davis, they, they kind of the, the same runner, too. I like that. Running back combination deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Delon goes to climb out on second and goal. There's a pass to Smith. Another false start. It's Simon Jordan Gross. Uh, they goof back to 14. Nick Goings gets into about the five yard line, which sets up this third and goal play. And it's going to be a shuffle pass, and the ball is loose. It wasn't a shuffle pass. That was backwards. And the ball is going to be recovered near the goal line. And the Panthers are saying it's a touchdown if they recover it if the ball is over the goal line. And it is. Nope. Was an official sign given here. The Panthers are coming off the field. It was a lateral to Deshaun Foster. And it's a touchdown. Mohsen Muhammad recovers in the end zone for a touchdown. And it was a very sloppy lateral to Deshaun Foster, but all ends up, it was deflected, as a matter of fact, by a ram, and it wound up in the end zone for the touchdown. A bizarre play here. Well, Jake DeLome's got to realize right there that that play is dead in the water. Don't do anything else right now. Just get down, 
kick your field goal. Very fortunate to get this ball back. Musi Mohammed, what a great job coming in and getting it. He does all the dirty work. He cracks on the receivers. We're going to get a challenge here to yep. see if, if he actually, no, we're actually going to see if he was in the end zone when he recovered the ball, I think. And of course, they can look at the whole play. Here's Mike Carey. The ruling on the field is a backwards pass. It's being challenged by St. Louis. So the Rams are challenging, saying it was a forward pass. After reviewing the play, although the ball was not forward, the initial movement of the quarterback hand was parallel, making a backwards pass. That makes the touchdown legal. And the crowd displeased with it and uh, Mike Martz, but it was the right call. And uh, remember also on any of these plays, and there was one recently in the playoffs, that if you throw a pass and it is parallel, that is the same as being a backward pass. You see John Fox, there's the happy side of that, uh, that result. They have not done a whole lot right no. up until this point and find themselves an extra point away from taking the lead. And you remember, they Stephen Davis is in the locker room with a strained quad after running 64 yards, and here he is coming back out on the field. So he was questionable as to his return, but he looks better than that as he trots back to the Panthers bench. And here's John Casey. He sees this scenario right now. He knows his team's going for the lead right now. He'll get a little bit more pep in his yeah. step, and that quad won't feel so bad. John Casey with the extra point, and it's good. Panthers in front of the Rams, 7-6. to six. What the hell was that? The lone flings the ball out of his hand. I'm not sure if it was trying to do a pitch or a shovel pass to Foster, but he's pressured by Leonard Little. The play then turns into the holy roller. Muhammad ends up in the end zone with it. It's almost snagged by Brian Young. There's a challenge on the play, but it's ruled that it's the play was good. There goes the Rams' touch, one of the Rams' timeouts. Davis returns at the end of that, but Dick, I don't think he's coming back into the game. 7-6 for the Panthers, a four-play, 68-yard drive in two minutes and four seconds. A lot happened there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where to start. Because, like, the, the pitch is, like, I, again, I don't know if he was trying for a pitch and it just went horribly wrong or it was, like, a lateral or a shovel pass. But... Yeah. Hey, it, it worked eventually. <laughs> I suppose. In a way. In a way. The in a way, the triple option offense works, but not in. No, no. Not Bring in, in the eye formation, you coward. <laughs> uh, Arlen Harris returns it to about the thirty on the kickoff. There's a flag on the play as Minter is called for a face mask. I have written down here Kevin Garnett. He was battling. I'm pretty sure it's Kevin Garrett. <laughs> yes. Why are you, Bill Walton? Please. That's a very Kevin legend, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> 15-yard penalty on the Panthers. At that point in the game, Panthers have five penalties for 35 yards. Zilts for the Rams. That changes a bit as this game goes on. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the a, final total is, but it's not great. No, and it's a slow-build game, too. Mm -hmm. um, so, St. Louis drive number three starts at their 46-11-15 left. Bulger over the middle to Cam Cleveland. Let's remember some guys who gets to 26. Then there's another flag for 12 men to huddle. Referee Mike Carey. 12 men to huddle on Los Angeles, St. Louis. <laughs> Dick, they were in Cleveland once, you know. Uh, it's like, it's not like, 
It's not like it was like a year after. It was like almost a decade was, since he had moved. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he knew something about what was happening in a few years, though. Hmm. Hmm. What did Mike Carey know, and when did he know it? Many are asking. Bulger then finds uh, tries a short pass to Cleveland, but it's bad up and away by Julius Peppers. A run by Falk sets up a third, a third and ten. Bulger with a ton of pressure, but he's able to find Torrey Holt at the thirteen yard line. Uh, Rams call timeout again on second and seven. A shovel pass to Falk, who gets wrecked by Peppers. Third and six. Bulger under pressure again. He steps up and scrambles to get to the six yard line. Sets up a fourth and three, which I feel like if this was now, they'd probably go for it. Yeah. But Wilkins but, again comes in. Then. Yeah. Wilkins comes in with a kick, 24 yards, makes it 9-7 lead um, for the Rams. Um, 6.54 left on the clock after Brad Hoover kick gets about the 40 on a short kick. Again, the Rams are doing pretty well here, but they're not executing it to get touchdowns. No. They can drive, but then Carolina finds a way to stop them. Mm-hmm. So Carolina's – go ahead. That was uh, Tar Heels legend Julius Peppers a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And that defensive line was pretty good with Mike Rucker, Peppers, current Arizona Cardinals defensive line coach, Brenston Buckner. Yes, you'll be hearing Buckner's name come up a few times as this game goes on. Yes. But you, you said Peppers, and it reminded me, oh yeah, Brenston Buckner, I wanted to bring him up. Mm. I'm a guy remembering Phenom. <laughs> Rambling, gambling, man. So Carolina's drive, it sets up a third and two. Mahan makes a catch near, near the sideline, drags Demarius Butler and Jason Seahorn to the 26. After a- Angie Harmon says, <laughs> don't hurt my husband. <laughs> don't worry, Angie, your husband will make a key point in this game later. Yes. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Uh, after Foster gets wrecked on the run play, he takes it around the outside for a first down. He is shoved and just wrecks a photo guy. Uh, holding is called on Kevin Dolan. That moves it back to a second and 12. Dolan overthrows Wiggins. There's another flag. Defensive holding on Wiggins by Pauly. Automatic first down at the 29. Foster with a run. There's another flag. <laughs> I'm having brackets. Is this the Matt Millen game again? <laughs> yes. Many, many are asking because... Why? There is a major face mask on Donnelly. Moves it back. It's called as he moves on. I'm going to butcher his name. Pisa Tino Musola. Oh, just a second. Tino Mossa? I can't remember. uh, 2003. (laughs) Anyway, my one point is you looked that up. My one thing in my notes on that play was that's a major face mask? Sure. Yes. It was a different time. The ref thought that they were still in Los Angeles. What can you do? <laughs> uh, there's a first and 25. A screen to he hate me goes nowhere. And guess what? Another flag is called. Donnelly again is called for a hold after fleeing down Ryan Pickett. John Fox is mad. Tell the newspaper. John, oh, the, oh, he gets madder and then happier and then madder and then happier as the game goes on. The game is a land of contrast. <laughs> John Fox is a land of contrast. Uh Okay, it's Pisa, Tino, E, Samoa. Okay, my my penmanship was, it had it butchered. So anyway. Yeah, well, good luck. <laughs> that stuff happens. Anyway, so there's a Thurston 35 now with 301 left. <laughs> <laughs> that seems bad. Muhammad makes a catch for second and 23. Foster's run is stuffed out. Third and 22 minute warning, Foster rushes to 27. That sets up this attempt by John Casey. And Casey's kick, and it's good. And just barely made it as he nearly hooked it. 
but it was inside the right upright and the field goal is good giving the Panthers a 10 to 9 lead they had let 7 to 6 on Muhammad's fumble recovery for the touchdown and now lead by one with 107 on the clock they run it down to 112 for a timeout there in the last the kick is good barely 10-9 left for the Panthers Fox is a little bit rattled as he thought Butler should have got called for roughing the kick or coming by and hitting Casey's foot on the way through anyway nine plays 32 yards and 551 that drive was a journey <laughs> yes lots happened on that one yes St. Louis's drive they had a 31 and 58 seconds left Rams take their final timeout with 50 seconds out of a second and three Bulger with time he waits too long though in a sack by Julius Peppers third and 13 last play before the half a shovel pass to Mike Furry boo <laughs> the fans are not happy <laughs> Ten <laughs> nine Carolina leads at the half. To quote Phil, a lot happened in the first half, but not much. Our friend Phil Hamm, I should say, for those who don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot happened in that half, but a lot also didn't happen. If that makes sense. Yes. Well, it was productive offenses with no scoring, so it was like a really good defensive battle, which is not what you're expecting with that era of Rams on the field. Mm-hmm. Or in modern NFL in a way, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, true. Um, so, starting the third quarter here, uh, St. Louis' fifth drive starts at the 25 with 14.55 left. Stockton. Will Weatherspoon can speak German, Arabic, Swedish, and English. Impressive. And how does Dick know this? We are not sure. <laughs> does Dick the Stockton, are very good. Does Dick Stockton speak Swedish? Many are asking. <laughs> he speaks Arabic. <laughs> hmm. Put him on World Cup feed. Uh, third and six, quick pass to Furry from Bulger for a first down. Then Bulger over the middle to Isaac Bruce, a 25-yard gain to get into Panthers territory. Bulger then tries for Bruce, who can't call it, who can't haul it in around the 20. Nice coverage by Manning on the play. Manning Jr., Manning, whatever we're calling him now. <laughs> uh, the third and six play, a slant look for Lookers incomplete. The fans are wanting pass interference penalty on Terry Cousin, but no dice on that one. Wilkins comes in for 51 yarder, makes it. He and all he could make it from like 60 probably with that leg. Oh yeah, and Wilkins is a great kicker too. And it's like, why not use that part of your offense? I guess. 12-10 mm-hmm. lead for the Rams, and we get another smash cut. This time to the spirit of St. Louis, and then we say hi to the troops. That clip has it all. There's a John 3:16 sign on the kick. Uh, thanks to the troops, and Dick sends thoughts and prayers to the men and women overseas. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, it had it all. Yes. The, what is the perfect clip? We have found it. Eight plays, 42 yards, 335 on the way in that drive. Uh, Smart takes it out of the end zone on the kick. He stopped the 17, 11, 20 left. A pass to Brad Hoover for a first down. My note here is Syracuse is excited. Well, for Brad Hoover, yes. <laughs> Another pass to Smith for a first down near the 40. Foster then breaks through a hole and cuts up field and just ruins Adam Archuleta. Though, to be fair, Archuleta was kind of falling at the time, so I don't know if he would have done anything. Mm, well, 18 future, yard, future Fox broadcaster himself, Adam Archuleta. 18-yard gain to the Rams, 43. Uh, a couple plays later, Nick Goings on a third and four dive is two yards short. Casey comes back in, nails a 52-yard field goal, 13-12 lead for the Panthers. Those last two kicks, by the way, are postseason records in terms of length for the Rams and the Panthers. 
Hmm. What do you know in a game that's all field goals? <laughs> Seven plays, 49 yards, and that one in 340. And the fifth lead change today. But not really exciting lead change. Ah, I shouldn't say that. Compared to the Stockton game, this is very exciting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. There's stuff happening before the third quarter, before the fourth quarter in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So... After Harris takes a couple tackles, gets to the 39, Rams drive starts at the 39, 738 left. One After one play where Bulger throws in the middle of nowhere after pressure by Minter in the first down, Stockton, this crowd is blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bad as the crowd at the Meadowlands, Dick. Consider yourself lucky. Great seats still available. <laughs> Uh, false start and Tory Holtz was up second and 15. Nothing happens on that one. And then we get a third and 15 play, which will join in progress as Dick Stockton and Moose Johnston are talking about Kurt Warner. But here's the actual play itself shortly afterwards. Well, you saw Kurt Warner over on the sideline. He started the year, got hurt in the first game against the Giants, and didn't play again until mop-up work against the Lions in Week 17. And in talking to Mike Martz, he said, look, I don't expect to make a change, but it has to be that Mark Bulger is just not getting it done, that the problem is his problem for me to make a change and go to Warner. And Kurt Warner has handled this whole situation very classy. And in the Arizona game when Mark Bulger had four interceptions, Mike Martz went to him and said, are you ready? And he said, hey, if this is your guy for the future, you got to stay with him and let him work through games like this. Classy move by Warner. And there you go. There And there he is, and making the catch and dropping it. Torrey Holt had it and couldn't hold on, and the Rams won't get a better opportunity. It was one of those plays. You set it up. You set it up all afternoon. Don't know what happened to Deion Grant. He was sitting on something, and this is almost a fantastic catch by Torrey Holt, but he just can't pull it in. This is six. Easy. And they need a big play. They need one of their marquee guys, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk. One of these guys has to step up and make a play like that to jumpstart this crowd and get their confidence back. Payne, Holt is wide open and can't haul it in around the 20-yard line. Stockton's like, that would have been six. And it's just like guys who don't drop are dropping and stuff. And yeah, and especially on that play because you – Holt should make that in his sleep, especially in yeah. this era. Anyway, Alexan gets excited for more another punter as Sean Landetta makes his first appearance of the day. Now, they're a surviving USFL guy, so that's also a Matt Gorley thing. <laughs> Matt will be very excited to hear that we're talking about Sean Landetta. So after a Todd Stussy false start in the first play of the Panthers drive, starting at the 20 after a fair catch by Steve Smith for 7-12 left, first 15 uh, Foster makes a great cut in a second and eight for a first down. There's a flag on a 13 yard on a 13 yard run, but no, it's not a it's a false flag. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think they were supposed to do withholding, but they was fine. I think if I recall from what the ref was saying. Yeah. Goings makes a nice run up the middle, almost for a first down. We get a Rodney Pete cameo on the sideline. USC legend, many teams legend. Man, oh yes, Detroit Lions legend. Uh, going to a short run for a first down on the next play. Uh, Dick Stock is talking about the Panthers' indoor success this year being the Colts, and then they also beat the New Orleans Saints. Well, maybe that wasn't a great achievement, but New Orleans is a tough place to play. <laughs> oh, let's put that New Orleans team in their place, Dick. <laughs> um, it's a decent drive. Smith gets a catch, gets a 35, alone with a sneaker, first down to the third and eight. 
Uh, short pass over, it stops short. Casey comes back out for a 34-yarder. It's good. Caroline extends their lead to 16-12 to with 43 seconds left on the clock. 13 plays, 64 yards, in 6 minutes and 29 seconds. Yes. <laughs> Whatever we've said about Carolina's drive so far, just put it back here in this section. Yeah. So, that brings up St. Louis's drive. Um, uh, next drive uh, at the 22 with 36, 37 seconds left. Um, Stockton remembers John Fox, the coordinator for New York Giants. In the yes. 2000 season, 2001 NFC Championship game, the dangerous trio of Dante Culpepper, Randy Moss, and Robert Smith were held to 114 yards and no points in a 41-0 win for the Giants. Today, Bulger, 156 yards. Falk, 21 yards. Or, or Holt, 21 yards. And Falk, 39 yards with no touchdowns as of yet. Hmm. So, second and nine. Bulger's incomplete. One second left, third and nine left. Rams fans are getting restless. Bulger avoids a sack bid by Mike Rucker, who is battling Orlando Pace. He gives it to Holt, who is shoved out by Howard. It's an incomplete pass. Flag is down, though, holding on Terry Cousin, who I don't see on the stream. So, first down, and the drive continues. We head into the fourth quarter, and it is a 16-12 lead for Carolina. Kids, don't worry. Business is about to pick up in a huge way in the next yes. little bit. Yes. Basically, start of the fourth is the start of the, like, game part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all good stuff before this. But just not in the same way that this quarter is. Yes. Bulger finds Bruce on the first play for a first down to 41. Then Bulger avoids presser and finds Brandon Mano- Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Mani Amalula? Uh, I have the... Mana... Manu... Manu Ginobili. <laughs> Manu... I believe it's Mani Amalula. Yeah. I believe you're right. I just have to look at it. Yeah. Like, he gets a... I, go ahead. And Stockton says his name, too. That was weeks ago. We were watching this game. We was partying. <laughs> so that's a first down, but there's a flag down. He's holding his call on Dave Wobaugh. Uh, sets up a first and 20. Bulger, at this point, by the way, in the first half, he was 11 to 14 for 122 yards. Now, 3 of 9 for 47 yards. Hmm. What is happening? Well, something Let's else watch. is about to happen here in the second and 19 play. Now you see the three-man rush by the Panthers on second down and 19. And Bolter is going deep, and the pass is intercepted by Mike Minter, playing center field. For some reason, Mark Bolger thinks he's sexy Rexy Grossman and just chucks it. Easy catch by Minter. I still don't know who he was trying to throw it to. It's a pick. Carolina gets the ball at the Rams 27 with 13.08 left on the clock. Hmm. That was bad. <laughs> yes. Like, Bulger occasionally does not make the wisest decisions. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> so, one pl- first play, Foster, a nice run in the near side for a first down. The Rams have allowed 200 yards rushing. I almost put 2,000 yards rushing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that bad game. Rams with 200 yards rushing allowed today. That's the most they've given up the entire season. Uh, a great pass and throw to Smith was brought down around the 26. Um, I said the Rams was, I think it started at the, at the Carolina 27. Anyway, I digress. Yes. The next play uh, is a screen to see Smith who reaches it and grabs it. I think it was tipped up by Grant Wistrom. Smith then breaks out tempo Travis Fisher gained about seven. That puts Smith over 100 yards on six catches. Uh, Foss loses a ton of yards in the second three as he's pushed back and tackled by Fisher, 
It was shoved down by Dakota Jackson. Third and 14. Foster goes up the middle and gets everything back in first down with some nice moves. <laughs> yes. They are a happy crowd, and they they go through all of the emotions as this game continues. A uh, career-high 92 yards rushing for Foster at that point. Uh, next, uh, Coming up next is a flag of Steve Swift is dead on the field. Oh, his eye! A major face mask yes. on Fisher, 15 yards, half distance to the goal line. That moves the ball up to the seven-yard line of first and goal. Pain. What a sequence, though. <laughs> as that ha- as everyone recovers, as Steve Swift recovers his vision, this happens. First and goal at the seven, and here's Brad Hoover. Touchdown! There you go, Tony. That was a nice one for you, brother. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I think teams put in plays for their fullbacks when they know that Daryl Johnston's working their game. Oh, you're down in the red zone, down close in the goal line packages. They know that those guys don't get to carry the ball anymore in the NFL. They're blockers. And here's another guy in this running back corral of the Carolina Panthers with great vision. That's an inside trap play. Brad Hoover, it gets all closed down on the inside. He bounces he it back around. Ball. Oh, that ball is going nowhere, but right into his locker and back to his house with a nice little paint job on it from this divisional playoff game. John Casey with the extra point. Brad Hoover is up the middle. The Boof is very excited. And the Panthers now have a 23-12 lead, 7 plays, 73-yard drive in 4 minutes and 18 seconds. What's left on the clock after that score? Eight minutes and 50 seconds after the ensuing kickoff. So that's a lot of time eaten, and you think, oh, this game is getting away on him at that point. Mm. <laughs> it's about to get worse. So to get ready for the ensuing kickoff, Sarah Goose is ranting, but all you guys want to talk about is Mike Martz. <laughs> oh, I remember that. The kickoff returns a dumpster fire. It bounces over people and ends up in the end zone as it, and Harris just pounces on it. So the Rams get at their 20 of 8.50 left. You're going to hear some more outstanding dunking going on in the booth when this happens. Isn't it refreshing that Tony Saragusa says giving the ball to the fullback is going for the jugular boost? Uh, we, we are bonding right now. I mean, I'm so happy that Tony considers I, that to be a great offensive football. I got to throw you a bone every football. now and then. Got to throw you a bone every now and then, baby. If it was up to you, you want to see two tight ends, two fullbacks in the backfield, don't you? First down. If the Rams, the Rams are going to get this lead back, they got to start handing the ball off to Brandon Manu Maliuna, number 86. From the 20-yard line, play action for Bolger on first down and... Another interception pass. It picked off by Dion Grant over the head of Torrey Holt. And at 8 minutes and 40 seconds to go, it may be too late for even Kurt Warner to come in and perform any magic as the second straight interception, both thrown into the hands. Easy inter- interceptions by Panthers. One tight end goes for a five-yard run and total chaos happens. Total chaos happens on the field. That was the first interception that Mark Bulger had. You know, that was that was a nice job by Carolina's defense. That one there, that ball just sailed a little bit on him. He had uh, he had a guy coming in on an in route, just sailed it over the top, and then you had your safety playing uh, uh, the deep zone coverage, and he's right there to make an easy catch. This game is definitely getting away from the Rams, Alex. And Bulger goes over the head of Torrey Holton into the arms of Deion Grant at the 45. He returns to the 28. Boom! <laughs> Can Mark Bulger recover? I think at this point they're they're demanding Kurt Warner goes in. (laughs) Basically at this point. Uh, Carolina's drive starts at the 28th, 8.40 left. Dick Stockton uses this opportunity to remember NFL Europe with DeLome and Warner in this game. 
outstanding by him, though. It's like, oh, thank you, Dak. Uh, third and six, Loma sacked by Jack for loss, Loma. That sets up a fourth and 17. Casey comes back trying a 53-yard field goal attempt. Casey's last field goal was 34 yards. Also has a 52-yard field goal. This one, 53. And the 53-yard attempt, and it is no good as it hits the upright and bounces onto the field. Bing! That goes off the left post. Casey's first miss in 16 attempts. Still 23-12, though, and now just 6.29 left on the clock. Hmm. So the Rams get at the 43 for their ninth drive. The last time, by the way, the Rams had no touchdown at home, October 19th, 1997, against Seattle. Hold on a second, kids. Is this game on YouTube? Let's find out. That's, oh, yeah. Got to see that. And that is early Vermeil, too. Or that might even be Rich Brooks. Would that have been Tony Banks at quarterback? It does not appear to be on YouTube, Alex. And I hate to say. Oh, damn it. Oh, 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 there is, but it's like a one-minute clip. Ah. Uh, Boo. Get on that, YouTube people. So you're asking, you're asking if the quarterback or oh. the coach was. For a 97. Uh, it would help if I was able to spell St. Louis. Uh, 97 coach was Vermeil. That was his first season. Uh, uh, that's what I thought. It was just after Brooks, and I'm like. It's gotta be first Vermilier because that was real rebuilding Rams too. Yes, and that game ended up being a uh, 17-9 win for Seattle, uh, who was Seattle's coach in '97. Dennis Erickson. Very good. They also signed quarterback John Kitna. Hmm. Mm. Bury the lead. Anyway, legend. Uh, two plays. I have notes here on this drive for the Rams. What was Bulger throwing at on second down? Like, I don't know. He just threw <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just, hmm. Uh, a third and three. A pass to Marshall Falk for a first down. Uh, coming up next, Isaac Bruce makes a really nice catch at the sideline uh, from 16 yards. However, John Fox is challenging both feet are in bounds. The ruling on the field is a force out. That is not challengeable. However, did he maintain possession? The ruling is that he did not. Incomplete, and now it's a third and ten. The Panthers are not charged with losing a timeout. Intrigue. Mm-hmm. And remember, when the, the, <clears throat> when Bruce catches the ball, it sounds like they're booing. <laughs> but they are, in fact, chanting for Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> or they're singing, Don't Bring Me Down. Yes. Bruce! <laughs> Either way. Anyway, um, I tell you this. So, 3rd and 10 of 505 left. Bulger finds Furry for a gain of 8 and a slant route. Sits up a 4th and 2. The Rams take a timeout. They're going for a 454 left. A nice ca- nice floating pass to Falk with a catch that gets it to the 16 or 22 yards. The next play, he tries for Bruce in double coverage, but it's incomplete. <laughs> a dichotomy of co- a land of contrast. Uh, 2nd and 10, the ball is batted down by your boy Buckner. Yes. I am a Princeton Buckner mark. Uh, third and ten. Falk fights his way for a first down. The catch. He gets it. Sets up a first and goal. Falk gains a couple yards to the four yard line. Bulger tries a QB snake, which is horrendous. Okay. <coughs> oh man, you have. Rams crowd is ruining my voice. Oh my throat. Uh, Martz is mad. He calls a timeout. There's second. 
Third and goal at the four-yard line. Pass to Miyanayuma is incomplete flag as he is covered by Cousin. That's 12 for pass interference. Uh, that's the 11th penalty of the day for the Carolina. 82 yards and penalties. Ball at the one-yard line. First and goal at the one. Falk is snuffed out right away trying to go to the outside. Second down attempt to Cleveland. It's knocked down by Grant. Almost picked. Saragusa is rattled, as you'll hear on this clip. We'll be back in a little bit. They should have called a timeout right there, guys. They got to the line of scrimmage. It looked like half the team was running one play and half the team was running another play. Well, the Rams have one timeout, Tony, and, uh, you know, you need two scores. You can't use all your timeouts left because that eliminates any chance for a running play the rest of the game. And here it is. Marshall Falk diving inside. Touchdown. So the Rams finally score, and it was a labor for them. They got to go for two, though. Because a two-point conversion would leave them a field goal short. And if they don't, they'll need a touchdown to pull this out. Similar to the play we saw in the first one, again, the vision and the ability to change direction by Marshall Falk. Mike Minter actually in good position to make the tackle. He's on the outside force, but watch how quickly Marshall Falk goes from going outside to right back inside, right there. There's nobody on turf that can turn it up like Marshall Moose. And the Rams with a two-point conversion. And a big one to try to bring them to within three. And here is Bulger's pass, and they've got it to Dane Looker. And it's a field goal difference with 2.39 on the clock. 23 to 20 the score. And that was a Marshall Falk masterpiece on that drive. The Carolina played it well. They've got the two contained guys there. Just good execution. And Dane Looker does a good job. As soon as he catches it, he doesn't allow Terry Cousin to get a hit on him. You see, he's going to fall directly back into the end zone before he can get over there and try and prevent him from breaking the plane. And, of course, now the question of the onside kick comes into play. The Rams have only one timeout left, trailing by a field goal at 23-20. to And so it takes to 239 in the fourth before the Rams finally score a touchdown at home. And the Carolina Panthers are used to this, Moose. They have seven wins by three or fewer, tying the all-time record originally set by the Arizona Cardinals four years ago. Not uncommon ground for the Carolina Panthers right here. Well, Goose is hooting and hollering about the fact that they haven't called a timeout. And Stockton's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You still need this timeout if you score. Um, Falk runs in from a score from a yard out. The two-point pass to Dane Looker is good. Of course, it's Dane Looker. 23-20 hey, <laughs> with 2.39 left. 15 play drive, 57 yards, and 3.50. What a turn of events, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's all it's all happening. This sets up an onside kick. Uh, I think you hear this in the clip, but Moose says this is just a train wreck. <laughs> Little did he realize he was foreshadowing. Little did he realize what was coming up. Yeah, so the Panthers had called timeout before this uh, attempt here. So let's see what happens. Well, what they're going to do, you saw Jeff Wilkins on that last one. It's that one where you top the ball and spin it real high. But these guys right here, they're going to move forward and try and pick the guys off. Here's where you guys were going to catch the ball off. This is just a train wreck. Everyone lined up on the far side, except for two on the lower part of your screen and Steve Smith, who's standing at the 30-yard line. So here's Wilkins with the onside kick. 
And the ball bouncing. It went 10 yards. Jeff Wilkins it got went it. 10 yards, and the Rams get it. I think they do. The Rams get it at the 42-yard line, maybe the 43. And there is John Fox in disgust, seeing the Rams with an opportunity here. Jeff Wilkins goes in and gets this ball. That's legal right there. It gets kicked back up in the air, and there's Jeff Wilkins coming in. That's unbelievable. Great spin on that kick. What great spin on that kick by Wilkins. Sort of like a screwball if you were a pitcher, but bounced and then bounced back. I mean, as a kicker, your job is to just hit the ball perfectly. Rarely do you see the guy with the presence of mind on a side-on-side kick to get over there and try and make a play. Sometimes he's the designated safety in case the other team catches it and comes the other direction. And, and, and how well did he time that leap to get the ball? Because if you don't time that right, you don't get it. So the Rams with a first down on their 42-yard line with 2.39 remaining. Ball's heading towards Wiggins. Then it's a bounce. It's taken out by some Rams. Who has it? It's Wilkins who jumps in and snags it. So he's becoming a called hero by the minute here in St. Louis. Well, he's got. he did all the scoring so far <laughs> up until that point. Should so he have he gone in a quarterback for Balderman, you're asking? Anyway, St. Louis' drive starts at 239 left. Uh, pass over to Mill to Isaac. Bruce gets the 38. Dick. The Rams are thinking touchdown. Believe me. They get the two-minute warning. One timeout for the Rams, two for the Panthers. They find Bruce again for another first of the 25. Over the middle, the Falk wind the clock down time to second and four. Saragusa, I'm sorry for the timeout comment. <laughs> Falk, gets a, Falk gets a first down and then, well, I'll just let you guys listen. And now a half a minute remains. Line up and at least clock it so you can take a couple of shots into the end zone. Keep that timeout. And they're taking their time, so play. they're going to. They're going to. I don't agree with this. As, no. as, as big a gambler as Mike Mars is in this time, I get my offense up, kill the clock, take a couple of Where's shots the into spike? the end zone. I've still got that timeout that you and Tony are arguing about, so you can throw the ball into the middle of the field too, or throw it underneath and let Marshall Falk or Torrey Holt run with it. Spike the ball. I never thought I would see Mike Martz play for a field goal to go into overtime. And the crowd is befuddled as uh, we are over that fact because he could have spiked the ball and had it maybe one, possibly even two plays to per passes in the end zone. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Wouldn't you want to leave more time on in case it's a muff snap or yes, something? Yes, you're absolutely right because if the penalty or any muff is against the offensive team, you don't get another play if time runs out. You're absolutely right. If the penalty against the defense, you would, but not if it's against the offense. But Well, that's another reason to get up and clock it and keep your timeout with about six seconds left. So if anything in the snap hold mechanics goes wrong, it's first down. You just call the timeout and then kick it from that spot. But he has left. Yeah. No room for error no right room. now. No room. And this will be a 33-yard field goal by Wilkins, who has kicked four for four today. Very strange turn of events down the stretch, and the Panthers will uh, let Wilkins think about it a little bit as they call their second timeout. But when you get this close to the goal line and you have a chance to make a touchdown, we're not talking about a Hail Mary here. We're talking about a play within 15 yards to try to win the game. That was so unlike Mike Martz. I, I've, I've never seen him do something like that in that situation. There was 25-plus seconds left. 
when Marshall Falk got tackled. Get everybody up and kill the clock. So now you're at 20 seconds. That gives you at least two shots into the end zone. You've still got that timeout with the ability where you don't have to throw to the sideline and you don't have to throw into the end zone. You can throw it underneath and allow one of your guys to run. And remember Wilkins now, who's done everything today, including capturing and catching his own onside kick, will try the 33-yarder. And Wilkins' kick is good, and we're tied at 23 and heading for overtime as time runs out. But a great rally by the Rams, who were down by 11 points with 4 minutes and 18 seconds remaining in regulation, and they send it into overtime. What the hell is Mike Martz doing? I mean, yes, Wilkins makes the kick in 33 to tie the game as time expires. Panthers ice him to call timeout. But you have all the momentum going on the drive. You have more than enough time to run a couple plays. And, it, nope, I'm just going to be conservative all of a sudden. Yeah. Unless you thought well, Bulger was crap, but Bulger at that point had been driving. Yeah. Mike Martz also not being the wizard of offense that he is noted to be in that entire sequence. <laughs> uh, eight combined field goals, by the way, ties the postseason record. And Wilkins' five field goals also ties the postseason record. Hmm. Hmm. So that brings us to overtime. The first playoff overtime, and so far the only playoff overtime for the Panthers, and the first playoff overtime for the Rams. Their next one, the only other one in franchise history at this recording, came in the NFC title game in the 2018-19 playoffs against New Orleans. Nothing happened in that game. No, no. So the Panthers win the coin toss. They want the ball, and they're going to score. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong game. <laughs> yes. He hate me, takes it uh, to about the 20-yard line. Uh, by the way, as the Rams come out here for this drive, it starts at the 32, 14.53 left. It's the first time the Rams defense have been on the field in real time, 30 minutes, 37 minutes and 30 seconds. Just amazing stuff. So two plays, a third and 10 going over the middle for a first down. Nick Goins goes over the middle before Archuleta comes in. Then it goes down to third and eight. DeLone rolls out, he's being chased, throws it across his body, moves on the replay. It's like, no! But over the middle to Muhammad for a first and a gain of 12. Ever dangerous. Uh, Carolina's overtime record, by the way, in their first eight seasons, 1-5. and five, Their only overtime win, October 29, 1995. A 2017 win at New England. Yes, guess what I'm looking for right now once again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and since then, Cardiac Panthers, they're 3-0 and so far this year in overtimes. Could that be a segue? I don't know. Who knows at this point in the broadcast. Uh, I'm saddened to report again that a game is not on YouTube. Again, just in clip form. However, there is a NFL primetime from that week, potentially. So there you go, Alex. And you got some post-game viewing after the podcast and all the games. Yes. Anyway, um, DeLome takes a hit as he throws by Bryce Fisher, finds a wide-open wing as he takes about 23 yards for a gain of 22. 11.30 left in the clock. Panthers take a timeout in first and 10. DeLone moves into the center of the field. And out comes Casey. John Fox's big uh, message to his team this week when everybody talked about this 14-0 streak here uh, at St. Louis's home field was the fact that Atlanta went up to Lambeau Field last year and did something that nobody else had done before. 40-yard attempt, Moose. Right in the center of the field. Todd Sauerbrunn will hold to try to win the game. And Casey's kick. No, there's a penalty flag. Delay of the game has been called. A delay of the game penalty. Delay of the game. Offense. Five-yard kick. 
So now they're going to have to move it back five yards and a 45 yard attempt now. So now it's uh, getting into the never never land of not too easy. Oh boy. That, that I mean you just move the ball to the center of the field not uh, not a big sense of urgency of everybody out there in that situation your center is usually got his head down your guard who's right next to him has to start counting it down because he's got his head between his legs checking the holder the guard has to look at the play clock and let him know hey we're getting close you got to snap that ball and you know they really don't have to try the kick now because it is second and 17 if they want to get some of that back but they will anyway it'll be from 40 five yards out and the Rams will use a timeout he makes the 40 yarder however delay of game penalty is called before the snap now 45 yard attempt March takes a timeout as Stockton goes the net the never now we're in the never never land of not so easy <laughs> Yes. Um, we get a gradually, gradually more Stockton. <laughs> Dick is gradually becoming more of himself, I guess. Uh, there's a, another jump cut. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another jump cut edit. Uh, <laughs> Stockton. DeLome looking at his voluminous playlist. <laughs> That's just great. Word choice. Um, going to a short game. Saragusa is broken by the whole process. The gain of nothing on the next play. Casey is back out again for that 45 yards. They've gained absolutely nothing for the penalty. Let's see what happens after Rams call timeout. Here it is. Again, the 45-yard. The Rams still have a timeout left. They're not going to call it. Here comes the kick to win the game. And the kick is up. And it is no good. He hooked it. And the Rams get a life. So after all the timeouts, the delay of the game... Panthers trying to get some yards, which they couldn't. The Rams get a life and come back on with their offense. Amazing. Wow, the fact that they made the kick and had the delay a game. And this one, I tell you what, the yardage, this thing is drifting, drifting, drifting. I mean, it would be interesting to see when that kick went outside. I mean, if they are maybe two yards closer, I think that sneaks in like his earlier kick today. So he's missed two, and now Mark Bolger is saying, hey, I'm still in the game. And he is, and the Rams are. And because of the kick from 40, they'll have the ball at the 35-yard line. Those five yards on the delay of the game will be remembered forever in football if the Rams go on and win this one. Payne, he just hooks it right. Fox can't believe it. Mike Mars turns into Howard Dean. That, that reference makes sense because it's around the same time. Yeah! Uh, Mike Martz turns into Dave Chappelle playing Howard <laughs> St. Louis is, gets the ball at the 35-yard line with 9.38 left. Uh, for, after a play where uh, Bruce makes a nice, or gets a nice pass from Bulger, gets the 38-yard line, my note here is Stockton is excited. <laughs> As it should be throughout. Bulger uses his last time out with 8.13 left. Uh, third and seven, a swing pass is batted down by Peppers as intended for Thury. Uh, that sets up, after a Panthers timeout, a 53-yard field goal attempt of 6.52 left on the clock by Wilkins. So now the game on the line. Rams can win it now. And here is Wilkins' kick, and this kick is going to be short. 
And now John Fox with a chance to cheer. An incredible turn of events. The delay of game and the missed field goal by Casey, and then the Rams get it back, and they charge into Panther territory only to see the 53-yard attempt by Wilkins fall short. The game remains tied at 23, and the Panthers can, can now breathe again. <laughs> you talk about excruciating, because that thing is down the middle and short. The other guys are hanging out when John Casey went, but because the Look ball at this. is placed at the spot of the kick, now Carolina's in great field position. Yes. The Rams' defense has got to just forget about what just happened. Get out! They got to get a stop now. Welp, it's inches short of a field goal. This time around, Fox is excited and Mike Marks is dumbfounded, just like the fans were for his play calling at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. See what I did there? <laughs> coaches are just a cavalcade of emotions at the end of this too <laughs> they are running through the gauntlet stockton's going through the gauntlet the boop is just <laughs> everyone is having a time imagine if you're rooting for one of these teams <laughs> yes anyway carolina's x drive starts at their 43 or 647 left the finds moves muhammad a 22 yard pass to get to 36 um, Pickett breaks up a handoff attempt to Foster. Delome is, is brought down backfield second and 16. There's a false start flag. Fox is enraged. Second and 21. Uh, Delome's pass batted down. Then he is stacked by Brian Young for loss of eight. And Delome is mad. He spikes the ball in frustration. Yeah. Following a punt by election hero Todd Sauerbrunn, St. Louis gets the ball at the 13, uh, their 13 and 429 left. Second and six, Bulger scrambles for a first down. Stockton. Hey, when does fatigue become a factor for both teams? Moose. About 20 minutes ago. He's right. Bulger then waits and waits, and he is sacked by Greg Favors. Let's remember a guy for a loss of five. He makes up for that in the next play by finding Miyanayuma for a first down. Bulger then of a slant to Marshall Falk. It's not really a slant, but a burst of speed gives him to the 38. And that sets up this play. First down rings on the Panther 38-yard line. Pressure from behind, and Bulger directing traffic, and it's the ball intercepted. is intercepted. Picked off by Ricky Manning, and Manning gives it back to the Panthers. Ricky Manning with a wrestling the ball away, and the interception, the third of the game by Carolina. This is a great individual play right here. Look at him break Holt. across, but watch this. Watch the one hand go up between Torrey Holt's hands and pull it away from him. And again, we talked about the fact that these guys are running on fumes. The play's breaking down. Look at the ability to stay with him, and then look at this. One hand in between him steals the ball right from Torrey Holt. And Torrey Holt didn't come to the ball maybe enough, but can you blame him? Can you blame anyone? I'm not going to blame anybody for anything right now. Ricky Manning getting hugs on the sideline. But it means nothing because we have seen teams have chances so many times in overtime. And it's first down at 35. Panthers have it. So Bulger on first down. It looks like he's trying to get guys to move around. Then Ricky Manning slash Ricky Manning Jr. These junior Ricky Manning Jr. <laughs> he picks it on holds. They battle for it. And he gets to the 34 or so after wrestling it away. At the end, Dick's like... Momentum's on, I paraphrase here, momentum's on the side of the Panthers, but what does that mean of how this game has gone? Dick is off to Arby's, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, he's just amazing. And A lot happened there, and just like, again, pain for Mark Bulger, as we discussed about earlier. He is having quite the game, though. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So Carolina's next drive starts to 35 with 101 left on the clock. Two plays before the end of the quarter, second and 11. Bloom is pressured all over by Seahorn and uh, ends the period, gun involved again. So we're off to double overtime and a third and 14 situation. Let's see what happens. I'm sure you have a lengthy period in store. Yes, I'm sure after that previous one, they are going to play a long time. So we start quarter number six, third down and 14 from the 31 of Carolina. DeLome fires to an open Smith. Steve oh! Smith is gonna go all the way. No flags down. Smith scores and the Carolina Panthers win in overtime. On a third and 14. 69 yard play. Unbelievable. The Carolina Panthers have advanced, ending the St. Louis Rams 14-game winning streak at home in an incredible game that will go down in memory as one of the highlights of playoff history as John Fox's Panthers defeat the game St. Louis Rams, who had to come from behind late to tie it, and here's how it ended. Well, that was quick. The loam to Smith, he avoided the tackle by Jason Seahorn and is gone. A nice way to end the game. A 69-yard touchdown pass. Make the final 29-23 Carolina. Just like everything happens in fourth, first overtime, and second overtime, despite its length. <laughs> That's, That's just, and it's just a kicker because Smith gets it. Whoop, and it just gets right by Seahorn. He's gone. No one's catching. Yeah. And on the broadcast, they go, Jason Seahorn, who has recently recovered from injury, it's like, Because <laughs> <laughs> that was just before the Smith play. They mentioned Seahorn has recovered from injury and is back in the lineup. Yes. And then Jason Seahorn gets completely pants by Steve Smith. He gets injured in a different type of way, emotionally. Yeah, emotionally. So, in terms of overtime length, 15 minutes and 10 seconds of game time, that is the fifth longest overtime period in NFL history. It is now the sixth. Alexa, would you like to know the sixth longest NFL overtime games? I'm not made of stone, man. <laughs> of course. Um, would you like, how, how would you like me to present it? Would you like me to go from longest to the shortest or from shortest to longest to the six? Six to one. All right. So six, as mentioned, is this playoff game. 15-10, 15-43, the 77-78 playoffs, the divisional playoff game between the Raiders and the Colts, a.k.a. Ghosts to the Post. That's the only other overtime game to end of a, of a touchdown. Uh, 16-42, the 2012-13 divisional round game between the Ravens and the Broncos. Um, that is 1702, 86-87 divisional playoff game between the Browns and the Jets. 1754 to 1962 AFL championship game between the Texans and the Oilers. Let's remember some teams. Oh, and the one. longest, 2240, 71-72 divisional round between the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. So some bangers, a few of yes. which are on the playlist already. <laughs> yes, that Kansas City-Miami game I think I saw on YouTube. I saw Ravens Broncos live, and I've I've seen Ghost of the Post. Shocking! I've seen Ghost of the Post footage. Anyway, <laughs> are you ready for some stats? Yes. So Carolina DeLome, sixty of twenty six for two hundred ninety yards, a touchdown and an interception. Foster twenty one carries for ninety five yards. Davis was six for eighty six. Smith six catches, one hundred sixty three yards and a touchdown. Muhammad five catches for seventy yards and a fumble recovery touchdown. 
Manning, yeah. Minter, and Grant have a pick each. Manning, Minter, and Reggie Howard, who I don't think we even mentioned on this on this podcast, yeah. was seven tackles each. That Carolina defensive backfield was really strong all game, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Louis. Dion Grant was all over our highlights, but yeah. not Reggie Howard. No. St. Louis, Mark Bolger, 27 to 46 with 332 yards and three interceptions. Hmm. Mark Bulger is a land of contrast. <laughs> um, Falk with 19 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Also had nine catches for 78 yards. Isaac Bruce, seven catches for 116 yards. Pauly with one interception. And Travis Fisher with nine tackles. <laughs> so the aftermath for both teams. We'll start with the Panthers. The following week, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 14-3 in the NFC title game. These junior Ricky Manning juniors with three interceptions. DeLome, 9 of 14 for 101 yards and a touchdown pass to Moose Muhammad and Foster, a rushing touchdown. In the Super Bowl, which starts slow and then accelerates big time after the halftime concert, the players were influenced. They were excited. <laughs> um, they were encouraged. Uh, DeLome, 16 of 33 for 323 yards and three touchdowns. Tom Brady, ho hum, 32 of 48 for 354 yards and three touchdown passes. Well, well, well. The following season was a tough one for the Panthers. With a bevy of injuries, they started the year 1-7 in 2004, but they ended up going third in the NFC South with a 7-9 record. They returned to the playoffs of the wild card in the 05 season, but lost to Seattle in the NFC Championship game. They returned to the Super Bowl in 2015 and lost to the Denver Broncos, or 15-16, I should say. Uh, John Fox leaves Carolina after the 2010 season and later goes to Denver and then Chicago. Bears legend John Fox. Yes. Uh, Denver legend John Fox per Kyle. Yes. As for St. Louis, Kurt Warner heads off to Phil's New York Giants. Um, the following year, they go 8-8, eight and eight, second in the West. They win in a wild card game over the Seattle Seahawks, but then get pimp-smacked by the Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. Martz is gone after 2005. I think he left during that season with bacterial infection, doesn't come back. Joe Vitt takes over. Joe Vitt is actually like a repeat offender as an interim head coach because mm-hmm. he he also got to be Sean Payton's interim during Bounty Gate too <laughs> or he says interim during reasons yes during uh, hmm let's not talk about that <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the past uh, the Rams after that 0-4-0-5 season they don't make the playoffs again until 2017 when it's their second season in Los Angeles Let's remember some moves. Yes. So, Alexa, uh, we finally got to do this game, and I think this, I think I know the answer to this. But would you recommend this game for people to go back and watch? Yes. Watch it a few times, actually, because you missed stuff. I was going to say, it's one of those games, I mean, obviously, we, we watch it more than once because of reasons, but it's one of those games that's an easy, it, it's, it takes a bit, and then it just goes haywire. Yeah, well, I, I like that little slow roll on it, where it's, uh, not much happening, not much happening, but not in the, like, the other Stockton game way. Yes, where we're like, this is terrible. Why did I... <laughs> why am I watching this again? Why did, I, why did I agree to do this? <laughs> why did I agree to this podcast? You bastard. Uh, but yeah, no, this is an easy recommendation. And it was good to hear Dick Stockton actually call a good game. <laughs> yes. And when Dick has a good game, he's good. But when Dick has a bad game, he's good. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, thanks for doing this, Alexa. Again, it's been a bit to get on a hole here, but we got it finally done. Um, 
I believe you'll be back on here before the holidays. Uh, we are planning a Vince Scully tribute podcast, and I believe we'll let the listeners vote on which game we're going to do. We we have to discuss what we're going to pick as finalists, I think, uh, before. Yes, that's, that, that's a step, though. Yes. Because there's a, there's a number of contenders, and some are wild ones that you could throw in just to give people go, why? How? <laughs> but yes, we'll be discussing that in due time, but it probably, I think, you're October-ish, November-ish, once it figure out some schedules on our ends. But anyway, yes. if you want to hear Alexa's other appearances on the program, you can just search for Let's Remember Some Sport Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, slash Al Podcast, or go to direct, direct link to the show, anchor.fm slash Lucas Punkari. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon. They block everything up and allow Steve Smith to get down the field. Jason Seahorn slips just a little bit right there, and that is enough for Steve Smith to get inside and get beyond all the defenders. This game was too good for anybody to imagine this.